this is so long too long. A true-to-life recounting of a band that, despite their very best efforts, seemed destined to break into the big time if they could only overcome one hurdle, themselves. If they weren't quite full lads who shook the world, they certainly gave their postcodes a tremble. In our last episode, we chronicled how, as the newly christened Albany, we devised and managed a transition from being three daft lads with far too much time on their hands into three daft lads who happened to be in the greatest band in the world with far too much time on their hands. Aided by a defaced Columbo logo and three new identities, we set about conquering the world and raising hell, or at least causing a mild stare in purgatory. In me writing this history of these years, I am aware that there is a danger that I try and portray myself as an angel or the sensible one of the group who saw through such puerile misadventures and was more concerned with the serious business of communicating our art to the masses. When in fact, due to being quite a shy youngster, I was actually just terrified of getting into any trouble and would avoid confrontation at any cost. Rowie and Stee, especially as Frank Button, cared much less about this and were much more comfortable adopting the roles of Hellraisers whilst I watched with glee and a pang of jealousy at their carefree abandon. But this is also to say that we are talking, at best, of mild peril and nuisance here. We weren't the fat white family or the libertines, but we wanted to give off the air that we might as well be. The punk wars weren't for for nothing, pal. So yeah, we uh, very much uh, gave off the image of being the last gang in town, didn't we? Very much gave off the image of uh, rebels without a clue. Uh, but <laughs> in all honesty, the, the the stuff we got up to it with uh, uh, well, it not to it wasn't going to make a Rolling Stone cover, was it? Just being naughty boys, weren't it? Really? <laughs> I don't know why at that age <laughs> you want to want to try and be like cool or something. Don't you? <laughs> and you're trying to like you're getting in trouble when there's no witnesses to <laughs> anything. <laughs> so, like, no one can even like grass on you or anything. You're not going to get in trouble. No one's seen. <laughs> but we wanted to chronicle it for my space, didn't we? <laughs> the uh, we were talking just before we came on. We were talking about um, one one of these incidents of mild pedal that ended up uh, going down in Albany folklore was uh, we'd been in and meet Cody's, hadn't we? We'd been up all night playing our own version of card games, which was just essentially whatever card you got, you drank, wasn't it? Lo- yeah. Lowest lowest number, you'd have a shot. Yeah. Flood, flood, it was called. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you had to like, reveal your card by striking it against your forehead. <laughs> There were literally no rules where that literally like it was a uh, you've got a you've got a king oh yeah well that means you've got a you've got to open a new can now but you know Christ. well we couldn't even afford shots or anything like so it was just a big bottle of Aussie whites <laughs> it was yeah. Aussie whites yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you had to have like a few rounds before it even kicked in anyway <laughs> a load of Rennies on hand as well <laughs> yeah. but I remember there was I can't remember who it was but there was someone Bob was there but there was someone else and they were going I don't know the rules what's what's going on am I going to <laughs> but why has he got to drink two shots for a seven? But you've you've got to drink three for a nine. So well, that, that, that's shut up and drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's flood. Yeah. <laughs> and on the way home, in the way I was, we passed, didn't we, on a Queen's Drive? Uh, there's a field and there's a, a big sign for like a school, uh, like a kids' football academy, yeah, or summer, summer footy camp, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we thought, call this number now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
and we thought, you know, what what would Keith Richards do? What would what would Mick Jagger do in this instance? <laughs> Probably just walk past it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought the thing to do was tear it down, wasn't it? And it was absolutely enormous. It was so heavy, and it was tied on with like clips, wasn't it? It wasn't just a case of tearing down a poster. It was, you know, <laughs> the cable tied yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. We really had to graft it, getting it off <laughs> for no. Yeah. They had predicted some dickheads would come along and try and nick it, clearly. <laughs> no, it was like the length of like a bus though, weren't it? Yeah. It was about five foot, five foot tall. It was huge. Absolutely huge. And this was some a, effort to pull it down. Like, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. But this was, as, as Ro was saying, like this wasn't in broad daylight where, you know, people were going, oh, how shocking, how shocking. This is like three in the morning with not a soul about. <laughs> And then, You'll buy Aussie whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we finally get it down, and we, I think, faced with the enormity of it, we all shit ourselves. Didn't we? Shit, we we just tried to leg it with this between the three of us. We must, we must look like the, the Chuckle Brothers, must <laughs> <laughs> And I got caught on the Steve's leg, and you went flying. Oh man, I did. I remember still. Good job we were playing Flood, and I had about half a liter of Aussie whites in me because I even remember like that night and I had like this shooting pain down my arm and like there was all blood everywhere <laughs> and I was like I was more concerned about getting this banner home if I remember I, you, your slip was like pretty early on I think it was in the Toby Carvery car park so we didn't even get that far <laughs> no. It was, it was. Uh, your, your house, and particularly your wheelie bin, and this is going to be a theme across the episodes, your, yours became like a treasure trove of stolen goods, didn't it? Like an absolute treasure trove of mild pedal. Honestly, every morning, like, it'd be like, my dad's always an early riser, like, and he'd take the bins out, and then just there, fucking hell, stay. What's this in the wheelie bin? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, other bands at that time were probably experimenting with hard drugs or, you know, all sorts of mischief and is us robbing a, uh, a community service. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we put it to good use, didn't we, though? The, 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 the flag eventually. Because we, 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 we met up the next day and was like, what do we do with it now? Well, we can't go put it back. But what the friggin' hell do we do with a, like a, a, a banner the size of a bus? The only thing that like, made sense was like when you're watching, like, the festival coverage on the telly, like all the massive <laughs> backdrops that they have, yeah. like now it's like LED lights or like video <laughs> displays, but there was always like a backdrop for like the bands, because like, they've got none, we'll just have a big like yeah. sheep behind us, so if we just flip over this bright yellow <laughs> footy tournament advert, maybe we can just like scribble the albany on it with like permanent marker and that might do. Yeah. That might do that. <laughs> we do played... what I like about it though is if if we had the banner and we had all the writing on it, so people could see it. But then on the back, it still had like Tony's fussy camp. <laughs> 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 but we hadn't even played a gig at this point, and we were like, you know, you know, when we, we when we play Leeds Festival, we need a backdrop. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, trying to justify why we've done this act of uh, minor vandalism and got the permanent marker out and scribbled the Albany on it and then I think we even wrote a set list on it I mean fucking hell <laughs> who the hell did we think we were writing a set list on, a, on this it must have been a massive dick drawn on it as well God, <laughs> in- inevitably inevitably Frank Button would have uh, adorned <laughs> I don't even think there would have been a venue in town that you'd be able to fit it on the back <laughs> wall anyways to be honest <laughs> we're waiting for the Glastonbury slap weren't we that's it man that's it that's it 
Yeah, that's they were the type of antics we, we got up to. But uh, uh, even then, I, I I was like, oh, I'm terrified of getting caught here. I mean, the idea that I was going to be a rock star and a rebel when something like that would the next day I'd be panicking, going, oh god, what if somebody knocks on? What if somebody saw us? <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as bad press. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. But even like you know, that the wheelie bin, like Amazon do that a lot now when you're not in, you just lash it in the bin. So <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a trend set it already. Yeah. Yeah. We're pioneers. <laughs> yeah. But like didn't you get your wasn't your drum stool just a pub stool? Oh yeah. Yeah, for a while, because I didn't want to spend any... Well, I didn't have any money. And, like, any money I did have, I wanted to put on Aussie Whites and Viable Pills. Uh, and the worst bloody weed I could get my hands on. And made, so. so you would have just lifted that after getting kicked out the Albany, like, last orders, and then think, oh, I haven't, I haven't took nothing on tonight, so I'm going to have to rob something. Yeah, I was starting a big and one of those, you know, skull ashtrays. Remember then you were like, <laughs> like if you got if you got one of them over the edge, you'd wake up like ten years later. <laughs> I forgot what your drum stool was. Do I know a, a stool nick from the Albany on it? And even yeah. like the drum yeah. dampeners would have been like fucking <laughs> beer towels. <laughs> But more generally, as time ticked on, we were increasingly aware that we wouldn't get to Glastonbury without songs. So, finding time in between mammoth drinking sessions in the Albany pub and posting endless MySpace bulletins, we cracked on with developing our songs in Steve's attic and it didn't take us long to get together a set of songs that we thought were great. We just needed a gig now. That summer I'd finished my A-levels and I was readying myself for uni. But the school I had attended owned a pub in Sandfield Park that old boys could make use of and in a decision that predictably caused weekly scenes of absolute carnage, allowed six formers to attend. Quite how or why it happened escapes me now, but in early September, the 9th to be exact, we were offered a gig in there. I think we were supporting the Alphites, a band made up of other lads in my year who had played a proper gig in town earlier that year and were therefore our competition. The Alphites wore matching uniforms on stage and enforced a two-drink maximum before gigs. We very much did neither. The gig offer had only come through the night before, and I remember Robbie's trepidation, which was understandable given that he had only been properly playing guitar for a matter of months, but I insisted we took the gig, and if nothing else, treated it as a warm-up for our first real gig, which would inevitably come our way before long. So that, that f- the, the offer for the first gig in the CI, the, which is mad that my school had a pub, it was called the CI. The... Um, we were predictably in the Albany the night before, weren't we? Yeah. And I can't remember. I don't know if someone called me because it wouldn't have, wouldn't have had smartphones then. So somebody must have called me and offered the, the gig, and uh, it put us on our toes, didn't it? For all that bravado, getting that that offer, it was a bit like oof, oof. Yeah, the ball's rolling now, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember a sense of like uh, nervousness and oh, are we ready? You know, again for all our macho machismo posing it was like oh an actual get up we've got to play the music for other people now shit but you you were probably thinking that but i was thinking like what the fuck is about to happen here <laughs> I, 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 you know i was pretty green and uh yeah like, working it out it was only like four months in between like the form and the band and like getting offered to play this gig but 
yeah, I wouldn't have had a clue. So even like the, the practices, all the practices, like were they even serious since these love? Like what was happening? Like oh sh- yeah. shit, there is a whole point to this. Yeah, yeah. This thing like a gig, and yeah, I yeah I, I probably would have been like shitting bricks to be fair. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> we are. I mean, we 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 would work on the songs, wouldn't we? I remember practicing, but like, it's like a shock still. That Mm, mm. well for us personally, because like you've done it before, like in the same in the same venue, man. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, I was I I was supremely confident. I'll be honest, (laughs) (laughs) because the Jimmy Savile experience went down so well in in a school pub. So (laughs) so all I had to do was not. Jibby in the car park, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, one, no one get worse yet than finishing the gig, thinking we're going to take the world now, and the guitarist going, uh, yeah, I've had enough of this. So, <laughs> and to be fair, he, he knew 10 chords. You you knew three, so we, you were on your way. You're on the right trajectory. Yeah, but we had, we had a flag. We had a banner. We, 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 yeah. we and seven. to be fair, the kids that watched us there, they could have... You know, they kind of enjoyed us. Or they could have joined the football camp. I don't know. Not better to do. It's meant to be playing yeah. footy tonight. I'll come and watch you instead. Tony was probably in the crowd going, that's me flag. <laughs> oh, man. So the Alphites, they were, uh, um, they'd had gigs while we were in sixth form and they'd, they'd played the Barfly in town. Um, I think I went down to it actually, and um, I just remember being sick with envy, just like, oh, what, what? Oh, how's someone beat me to it? How's someone got a proper gig? You know, you've got to buy tickets for this. So probably about three quid on the door, wasn't it? But I just remember being sick with envy, going, oh man. Um, and I, I don't know if they'd recorded, but the people certainly knew some of the songs as well. So I was just, I was green with envy, like just really, really chomping at the bit. So I, yeah. I, I can't remember what the event was or what, what the gig was all about. But when, when they said, do you want to play with them? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to, I want to blow it away, man. You know, <laughs> looking, we haven't got a basis. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. I remember turning up with me bin bags in a lot of pain, still from falling over <laughs> and like, being like all the drums digging into my back and all that, and their drummer, he was dead nice lad, but I hated them all. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because like they, they had all the equipment, they even had girlfriends and that, and we were just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember like I'm saying, oh, have you got this? You got that? And I was like, clearly not, mate. Like, I, I, I haven't even got me, me, me mind at the moment. I've had about six cans of Iborg. <laughs> And a shot at Aussie, Aussie White, so yeah. let's just I've get it wrong. Playing cards yeah. stuck to me far, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen our flag? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I was like, I tried to not focus too much on what they were doing. I just focused all my energy on hating them. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're all dead nice lads. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was mates with them. Like, but, uh, yeah. They were our rivals when it came to that, because I was... I was just, I was just chomping at the bit. I want to can't like, as much as I like the lads. I cannot have them conquering town before we conquer it, man. Because like, I, I didn't know them. So because like you'd been in the school with them. So the first thing that struck me is like what you mentioned before is like they actually looked apart. <laughs> well, they all had the same gear yeah. on whether they yeah. looked apart or not. And yeah, it's just like, oh, what are these doing? Like these look <laughs> proper here. Yeah. Then you, you're looking like where you actually are. 
it's just like this old boys club. Like, yeah. said, like, oh, I can't quite like add it all up together <laughs> yeah. here, but yeah, they are direct competition right now. So let's say uh, let's let them know they're in a battle. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do remember, like, genuinely when uh, it was Jim, the drummer, again, lovely bloke, but when he said, right, remember, guys, two drink maximum, our jaws nearly hit the floor when he said, two drinks maximum before we play. Fucking what? (laughs) The idea of that was outrageous. In this building. Yeah. (laughs) Outrageous. And we we buzzed off that. We absolutely buzzed off that. Yeah. Again, we've said it before, but (laughs) essentially they weren't the last, so we hated them. Well, yeah, didn't hate them, but do, do you know what I mean? They were, we were like, nah, I'm not having them. You're not the lads. Just we, we didn't help ourselves, did we? <laughs> but did, did they have coloured ties? Was they all had a different mm. colour tie? Was it? And... I think that did. But did they all dress in black with a different colour tie or something? Or... Something zany. Yeah, yeah, something. I think it was black shirts, and if they all had like red ties on, or maybe they had different colour ties. I don't know. I mean, absolutely. They, the they had a logo as well, didn't they? Didn't it? Yes. We were like a cassette with like. Oh yeah. Was it skull and cr- Yeah, like yeah, yeah, cross- it was. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think we're doing everything we should have been doing, but instead we had our Columbo logo. <laughs> we had no gear, and we just we were just on on for a night out rather than like the idea that no, no, we've got a job to do here. It was the exact opposite, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely. And I, like, like I say, I was probably like shitting myself. <laughs> like, what, what am I? What am I doing here? Imposter syndrome, whatever. They had oh. printed set lists as well. I remember that. That's it. See, this is the like problem. Like on A4 paper. <laughs> this is the problem. Like, why Why would you waste your time getting a little uniform, printing out a set list, <laughs> like two drink max and all that? Fucking hell. Like, I, I, I knew nothing like, about being in a band, but I know you're not meant to give a fuck, are you? <laughs> 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 Just like, crack on. <laughs> you're putting all that effort into like shitty logos and all all that carry on like what's the point now you still sound shit know what i mean <laughs> i just think don't trust the drummer he doesn't wear fussy socks <laughs> freak <laughs> uh, do you know what as well they were dead sand as well <laughs> yeah i know i i, I just, just just sat there looking at them like and even like before I even heard them play or any songs that we were sitting there just going these are shit and um, it was just purely because they went the ours or they went us or you know yeah but every band i i, I just saw that like <laughs> it, it could have been like it could have been the next big band could be yeah. anyone and i just sit there and go they're shite <laughs> <laughs> and the name shit. like we had any any sort of like opinion really that we could have offered mm. given that we had the albany colombo and a load of shit equipment that didn't work and yeah yeah miraculously it was it wasn't as bad as our first gig there as the Jimmy Savile experience, and actually uh, <laughs> yeah. on that night it's all just come back to me. Then the original bass player of the Alpha Fights, he's God rest his soul, he's no longer with us. He um, he jumped on bass for us for a handful of songs in that first. Oh, it did, yeah. We didn't know yeah. the songs, but we we wrote out the root notes. So um, yeah, yeah. God, God rest him, Jeff. He yeah. was for, for the Jimmy Savile experience. Yeah. Then to the Alpha Fights, and uh, oh God, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a lovely lad. Eh? Yeah. But in terms of the of, of the gig, we were like, nope, you're the enemy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as he put the bass down, I was like, fucking hate him as well. <laughs> True to form, our set lists were scribbled on the back of beer mats with their labels peeled off, and miraculously, one survives to this day. I'm looking at a picture of it now in wonder. 
It was Steve's copy, naturally he'd signed a Frank Button for the eventual Antiques Roadshow valuation, and as a result I can go into a bit more detail about the songs. The first thing that jumps out at me when looking at this setlist is the preposterous fact that out of the seven songs, bookending the set is one song called Intro and one called Outro. We were far from a concept prog band, and to assume that we had crafted the setlist with a thematic entrance and climatic finale would be to give us far too much credit. We were much more literal. That's a boss song to start with. That'd make a great intro. Let's call it intro. And, ah, oh, it's a mad one, that. Let's end with it. Just call it outro. Sound. Titles were clearly not our strong point. But anyway, the songs. Song one, intro. Intro was a good tune, actually. It was a stomping, bouncing song that could have passed as a long-lost early Lars demo. It only lasted about a minute and a half, featuring the same lyric repeated, and had an incessant mindworm of a riff running through it, but we played it with intense gusto and stamped our feet like we were scouts and maestros in a way that carried the song beyond its limits. Had I spent more time on intro, it might have developed into something bigger, and I dabbled with the idea of doing so and calling it scattered, but it never progressed beyond this, and as a, well, intro, it was perfect for us. So the songs then, the songs, we've got our set list. Uh, I mean, as I say, I, I, can't, I can't believe that at no point did we go, this looks a bit mad, this, having intro and outro on the set list. You know, there's no kind of creativity there, it was just very literal. I thought that's what everyone would have done. <laughs> <laughs> done it before. But it's, yeah, not, I, uh... it's not like we had a 23-song set list and it may, makes sense yeah. there. Like, you know, we're not Pink fucking Floyd. Um, <laughs> you know, we're three scanlies with a, a stolen football banner, and we've got intro five songs. <laughs> I just always thought, like, with intro, because we never knew when we start the gig, and with that, how drunk one of us was going to be, or what would have happened leading up to the gig, any sort of like silliness. So then I was just treated intro as like it might warm us up a bit before we actually need to play songs, <laughs> given that it's only three chords and like a minute long. So yeah. if we get through intro, we're all right. <laughs> we, we can't walk off now. Yeah, that, that was always my rule. Though. If we get through intro, the rest of the set will we'll manage it. We'll yeah. get to the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get to the outro. We'll get, we'll get to the outro, yeah. <laughs> Everything in between. You know. Just, just keep on it in those toms. Fucking Tom's. <laughs> well, intro was a good song, man. We we miraculously, Rowie's uh, found a, a, an old hard drive, haven't you? With with a lot of this stuff, so we can we can bring it back to mind. And one thing that that jumps out at me is that intro was genuinely a, it had a, a real real good vibe to it, man. It, it, as I say, it could have been a Lars rip off. Let's not get ourselves, but <laughs> yeah. it, I, you know, if a, if a sort of band open with that now, I, I, I think I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah there's something there. Oh, it's a fucking great little tune, to be honest, but like. For us, starting with intro, because I, I normally I played rhythm predominantly, then I then like whatever towards the end. But this, that riff at the start, like I know, like guitarists are meant to do like finger exercise to warm mm. up and all that, but I just felt like I had like fucking arthritic hands trying to do that. It was getting nowhere near to what it was meant to sound like. But yeah, it was a good little, good little tune. It's yeah. a fucking great little tune to be honest. Yeah, loved it. It is boss little song, but like like you stayed just. Thank God it was short <laughs> compared to like the rest of the songs at least. <laughs> but it, it's like you say, if you can get through that, the rest should, in theory, be a breeze because it ain't yeah. going to be like that frenetic. <laughs> so yeah. It was just like go, go, go. It was, it? yeah. It was a real stomper of a song. I can't, I can't remember what I was trying to rip off, but it, it probably would have been that. It was a bit like, 
uh, I Can't Sleep by the Lars, that type of song, wasn't it? You know, that, yeah, uh, yeah. that feel to it. Um, yeah, yeah and pe- I remember years later, people were, were, were saying that it was, it was good, but they'd ask, what was our first song about our intro? And they <laughs> just they'd shake their heads at me, going, oh, what's it called, <laughs> our intro? Oh. Yeah, no, it was, a good, it was a good song, that. It was a good song. I remember it just being the one with that had a, a proper drum beat to it. <laughs> All the way through it. Yeah, and without, you, it without you turning around and going, why don't, why don't you play that? And like, <laughs> oh, no, I was it, that where, where's your cowbell? <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a good song because it, it had a little pause in it, didn't it? Even though it's only a minute and a half. Only long. the little pregnant pause. As yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah. After after the singing finished, there was a tiny pause with a little guitar fill, and then straight back into the drums. And uh, yeah. yeah, well done, us. That was a good song. That <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Song two, Facing the Crowd. Oh, God, this was fucking awful. It was me trying to write something that could sit on a northern soul by the verve, but it ended up sounding like I was trying to recreate Be Here Now, an infamously bloated, aimless mess, just on a £5 budget. With lyrics even more excruciating than Richard Ashcroft at his worst, it was overblown and full of unjustified ego. It featured the dreadful lyric, The skies approve, so let me fly, which amazingly wasn't the worst line in the song. Facing the crowd was me imagining being idolised, seeing my name in hard-won lights, and demanding the, also imaginary, crowds of people who had previously spurned me to tell me now how I look in your eyes. One of the many daft things about this song is that beyond having my romantic affections perpetually rejected by one girl in sixth form who I pathetically pined for, nobody in my life had ever actually scorned or spurned me to such a degree that I would try and write a scathing retort. I was hardly Bob fucking Dylan writing positively Fourth Street, so I don't know exactly who I was railing against or what I was trying to prove, which all amounts to this being a phenomenal waste of time. Given that Rowie was still getting to grips with the guitar and was assigned to rhythm duties, I stepped up to deliver two limp, insipid solos during this song that added nothing to anything. Absolute dog shit. Facing the crap, right? I cringe even thinking about facing the crap. I just... <laughs> got me head in my hands here. Facing the crowd was fucking dog shit. <laughs> just fucking... <laughs> Just even even seeing those four words facing the crowd, I'm just like, oh my god, what was it doing? Well, uh, what bit don't you like the, the lyrics or the song? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, like, like I'm not good at like writing songs anyway. I thought it was a decent one to play. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of Oasis or anything like that. But it it was like for me like an Oasis sound and song. Yeah. But if yeah. you're like trying to channel like channel like this in a beast or whatever yeah. and you're not happy with it, that's a shame, man. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> it it was, yeah, very northern soul, wasn't it? Like into, yeah. like it'd never make it on the album, God no. No, God, but, no. God no. Like it did have that sound to it. Uh I remember not hating it when we used to play it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, you know, we uh well, the lyrics said it all, man. The, our, our name just was was in light. Or it, was, it was just a matter of time before... Oh, God, I'm cringing even. It's sort of like... Go on, Matty. Uh, it's a matter of time before four corners of the world are mine. I mean, it's dreadful. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. I think I was coming out of a... a like, you, everyone has an oasis phase in the teens, don't they? You know, every, you, yeah. when you get into mm. music, you get a guitar, you, you get an oasis chord, but... And now I, I, I'm really 
no, I can't, I can't listen to Oasis at all. But I think this 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 was is like the tail end of me uh, being into Oasis because then you get into the Lars, and then you through that you get into love and through that you get into all sorts of stuff and you you, you look back at Oasis and think why was I ever listening to them and it's like when I look back at this I was like why was I ever writing shit like that <laughs> like it was just dreadful but it's yeah it's it's of its time it's like it's like buying like Rocky isn't it in in Ed. it's it's just the gateway drug <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is our Rocky yeah yeah uh. <laughs> it was, and again, it probably went on far. I remember having two solos, but it was the same solo twice. Not even like doing anything interesting with it. And oh, it just, but as I say, like when I look at the lyrics, and I'm, I don't know, I've got, I had nothing to moan about. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, well, the thing is, you had the Rastafarian flag around your mic as well. <laughs> and, you know, you'd like pissed off Rasta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just oh, absolute rebel without a without a cause, without a clue. I just, I just thought it's what you did. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's all this nonsense about like the the rock star persona that you you feel you've got to in in habit. So you write a shit song like this about how yeah the world doesn't understand me until you matter it. And when I'm at the top, I'll be looking down on you all. Know, and oh, oh man, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew we should have been Nemo band. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, draw a line on the face in the crowd, lad. Let it disappear. <laughs> Let it disappear. Back into the crowd, Back please. into the crowd. Turn round. <laughs> Song three, Two Minds. Two Minds was me essentially rewriting Son of a Gun by the Lars. And there's a theme I mentioned here, isn't there? Again, the basics of this song are surprisingly all right for a first flourish of songwriting. And though there are heaps of clumsy lines, as I misguidedly tried to address the topic of what I then ignorantly thought schizophrenia was, it was a step towards something half decent. I remember that some year, I remember that some years later, John from the Bandits, who were for a while just before we started gatekeepers of the local music scene, liking the song, so it was by no means a disaster. But for some reason during this stage of the band, I had a strong distaste of any use of the hi-hat cymbals, which for those unaware is pretty central to most drum beats. I therefore rejected many of Steve's suggestions for drum patterns, urging him to use as many of his tom drums as possible, which are the thudding deep drums. This meant that at this stage, nearly every song had a relentless pounding beat. It must have driven Steve mad. I don't know why I insisted on this. Maybe Steve's kit sounded bad using the hi-hats, Perhaps the lower frequencies of the floor and rack toms made up for the lack of a bass guitar, or maybe, and I suspect this is more likely, I thought these booming drums sounded dead rootsy la, as if I was the next Lee Mavers, a cosmic messenger, trying to replicate the beating heart of the universe. What a tosser. Anyway, Two Minds had this drum pattern, bar a fuck it, don't know what else to do, wig out on the cymbals halfway through. A solid three stars on a kind day, with the wind blowing in the right direction. Two Minds, yeah. Two Minds was, um, it was... It was half decent, this. Uh, Two Minds got a good, like, little intro. Good, like, mm. guitar, like, kind of, like, finger-picking at the start, mm. hasn't it? Mm. Uh, and then it's just got the craziest drums. Definitely. Yeah. I was like, like you say, that finger-picking style, 
like dead intricate, whatever. But then with, with your drums over the top, <laughs> yeah. just totally like wall of sound, just lost. <laughs> What's the point? What's that Metallica song halfway through? And like it suddenly changes to this, like it's just all toms. Is it one? Is it? And he just starts yeah. shouting. <laughs> just... ship, ship, like, yeah, but it's like it goes into this, like fucking dead heavy tom beat. And I'm like, that works when it's like all electric guitars and that, and you're finger picking them going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the middle was the, um, I say so, well, I guess it wasn't, I don't know what you call it, interlude. And yeah, <laughs> just, for, we, we didn't know what else to do. So I think you just, but sod this, just twat the cymbals. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it must have been mad. Uh, I, I, I must have driven you mad because I do remember Steve, any time I'd bring a song and you'd kind of go to play on your hi-hats I'd be like nah nah no hi-hats Steve. No, I, I don't you, know why you were funny with snares as well like every time I want to just go <laughs> no joke just... <laughs> funny with you Steve probably fuck off Steve just just stick to the floor Tom <laughs> You ever seen a skiffle band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big marching drum. That's what we should have just just one big massive drum. Um just pound. I d I don't know why. I just I was just averse to the hi-hat, which is it's mad because it's, it's it's like one of the, the main things in any drum beat is the hi-hat. And I was just nah nah, drop that stick. Go go back out oh, that pound and dead rootsy lie. Yeah, that's what we want. Oh, God, I must have been insufferable. <laughs> uh, we did it. Um yeah, it did, didn't sound great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we did record it, I think. And yeah, eventually. And maybe, we did, yeah. About a year later. Um, yeah, and it's just mental, just, just these mad pounding tom drums, and then out of nowhere, about 30 seconds of just cymbal. <laughs> and then back to the tom. <laughs> you know, I do remember experimenting at one point. I had a, a double bass drum pedal at one point. <laughs> oh, I remember that. And I, I and I was thinking maybe I can try and fit that in. Imagine if we got that in <laughs> a folk song with a with a double bass drum. <laughs> with no bassist. How did that pass? How did we let you in with a double that's that's defo, not Rootsy. How did we let you how did that slip past us that? Uh, I, I just had it set up. I don't think you had a clue. <laughs> you were too busy like Listening to Bob Marley and getting angry at the world. <laughs> wow, you managed that one. Well, I set up this little double bass drum. Sneaky. It was it was of the more mature side of our songs. If we compare fucking facing the crowd to this, there's a definite there's a definite shift. You know, it's it's there was a there's a road of walking down and then like yeah. with the intro in there, two minds. Like yeah. what, what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't long. It wasn't a long song. Like some no, some of these songs were long. That one. Why weren't we saying this at the time, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Matty, you know these fucking third verse. Was it the second? Does it need that third guitar? It looks short, but it probably would have been about forty-five minutes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at it now. I just had it in my head when I was writing songs at this point. I was just like, right, there is a pattern you follow. So you have your intro, then you have your first verse. Sometimes chorus, sometimes you go into your second verse, then you have a chorus, then you have an instrumental, then you repeat your first verse, and then you have an outro. And I just felt like, to, you know, that's how you write a song, which meant that after time, I'm just repeating the first verse. <laughs> just needlessly, it doesn't, oh man, like facing the crowds, two solos is a, 
testament to that. But two minds originally, I remember fucking like talking about like ripping off the Lars. This one was actually initially just a direct rip off of Son of a Gun, like direct. I remember playing to somebody once and he was like, the fuck you, that's just son of a gun. What 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 are you playing at? So right, okay. Imagine it with fucking loads of noise behind <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah, that song by Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, again, I'd give it give it a, uh, it's a commendable effort. Yeah, absolutely. In that set, it's a highlight. <laughs> highlight but no high hat. Is that a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the oldest trick in the book but we're going to leave you wanting more there we'll be back with the next episode very soon where we go into the rest of the set and we detail heavens above the albany's first ever gig so long too long is a podcast written by me matty lachman day also starring liam Rowlands and steve buckley for more information, search So Long Too Long Podcast on all socials or email us at so long too long pod at gmail.com. So Long Too Long is part of the Club Shipwreck Network. For more information, go to www.patreon.com slash club shipwrecked. Thanks to John Gibbons and the Anfield Rap for Loan of the Studio. I like playing in the dark, man.